drink and dance all night. Now let's talk of diapers and pacifiers and our pants are feeling tight. Bottle service with BKP. Bottle service with BKP. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bottle Service. It's me, your host, Sarah Merrill Hall. Thankful to have you here tuning in this week. Welcome, welcome. Okay, so April is Cesarean Awareness Month. So I figured this would be a good time to dedicate an entire episode to all things C-section recovery. This is a question I get a lot in my DMs, and it's never really like a quick and easy answer. I knew I wanted to dedicate an entire episode to this and give you like a one-stop shop, a guide, if you will, because there are so many things I know that I did to aid in my recovery after my C-section. And there are a ton of layers to C-section recovery, like literally. (laughs) I mean, they say like seven layers are cut through during a C-section, including your skin, muscle tissue, and uterus. So there is a great deal of physical recovery that needs to take place. And for many, like emotional recovery also needs to take place. To be honest, um, I think I was kind of blindsided by both. And you know, C-sections are super common in the US. In the most up-to-date research I could find, they say about like one in three births in the US are via C-section. And honestly, in my friend group, like those rates are even higher. Maybe because it's like we're all a little bit older. I mean, a lot of us are like in our mid-30s. But I'd say of about like maybe 10 of my friends who gave birth last year, it was more like half of us had C-sections. And we all handled it differently. But because I think C-sections are so common, I think many of us don't think of them for what they are, which are major abdominal surgeries. I think for me, I mean, I know so many people who had C-sections and recovered from them that I didn't think too much about it. Like I was much more worried about the actual surgery than I was about the recovery. And my recovery took longer and was a little bit more intensive than I think I was originally prepared for. Um, And unfortunately, I mean, aside from basic incision care, I feel like I wasn't really given any guidance from my doctor on recovery. And that's something I hear from so many of you, too. Like, you just don't know really what to do. And um, the truth of it is, like, there's so much more to it than just the incision. So for today's episode, I want to give you every tool, every single thing I did that helped me recover from my C-section. And there's a lot of stuff I tried, so this is going to be a pretty comprehensive list. Uh, Many of you won't need everything that I did. Again, recovery will look different for everyone, but hopefully some of these things you'll find helpful. My goal with this episode is for it to be like a standalone episode that you can reference or even send it to a friend if someone you know has a C-section down the road and wants to know what to do. Um, I did a lot of research and treated myself honestly like a guinea pig during this process to see what worked and what didn't. And that's so that you don't have to. (laughs) So with that, guys, um, get cozy because we are going to start at the very beginning. So let's go. Before we get started, since we're talking about recovery this week, what a perfect time to bring up morning recovery from more labs. 
if you want to recover faster after a night of drinking, and I know you do, especially if you have a little one giving you like a 6 a.m. or earlier wake-up call, you need some morning recovery in your life. It helps speed up the breakdown of alcohol-induced toxins. All you have to do is drink one little bottle of morning recovery the night you're drinking and let their proprietary blend of electrolytes and vitamins rehydrate and restore those lost nutrients so you can wake up ready to take on whatever motherhood has in store for you. I absolutely love these. And if you want a little life hack from your girl, save money and buy a box of these. I mean, like legit, buy them in bulk because at least I know I go through these and um, you can save 20% and support this show at the same time when you use code BIGKID at checkout. 20% off is a nice little savings, guys. (laughs) Jump on it. Don't let rough mornings after drinking dampen the next day. Drink smarter with morning recovery at morelabs.com slash big kid. And again, use code big kid for 20% off your order. Cheers. All right. So stage one of C-section recovery. Let's talk about the basics. So the big one is pain medication. Um, you know, pretty much right when you get out of surgery, your your doctor's going to get you on some pain meds. And I don't know if you're like me, like I don't love taking pain medication, even when I'm like super hungover, like I won't even take Advil. Um, but research shows that inadequate pain management after a C-section can delay your recovery and increase your risk of chronic pain and postpartum depression. Um, And also non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen can help reduce inflammation as well as help with pain, um, which is really important after a C-section because there will be lots of swelling. So that's all to say, like, this is not the time to raw dog your pain. (laughs) Um, Work with your doctor. Make sure you find um, pain medication that works for you and you're going to want to stay on it as long as they tell you to stay on it. Um, other than that, um, oh, this is a time for lots of ice packs and compression in the very beginning. You have a new incision. You are going to swell. I think the recommendation my doctor gave me was like icing every two to three hours for about 15 to 20 minutes at a time. And um, I asked the hospital for a bunch of ice packs before leaving. <laughs> That's a hot tip. Um, if you're prepping for a C-section, make sure you leave there with as many ice packs as they'll give you. Um, but if you don't have enough, you can also order them on Amazon. Um, I definitely ordered some ice packs on there too. And I'm going to actually link, I'm going to link my postpartum Amazon list in show notes that has basically everything I used, everything I'm going to talk about on this podcast is in there. Um, So that's a good reference point if you guys want to find that stuff there. But anyway, so for compression, because this is the other piece, you don't want to just ice, you want to use compression along your incision. The hospital actually gave me a belly band, but I used a different one that was slightly more comfortable. I got mine from Bumpsuit. I'll link it. Uh, But honestly, I mean, the one you get from the hospital is totally fine. Uh, If you want to just be bougie, (laughs) I'll link the one that I got. But I don't know that there was a significant difference. I think a lot of us think that a belly band is going to like snatch up our waist faster. And that is just sadly not the case. Like they're just there for compression. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, and I use that compression band for about six weeks. So that's that's probably what you're going to be doing in the very beginning. Another big piece, <laughs> I have to say this, in the early, early recovery period 
is resting. I like can't, I can't overstate this enough how important it is to take it like very, very easy the first two weeks. Like even if you're feeling good, you have a lot of tissue trying to reconnect. So it's really important that you don't overdo it. And this is, it's not just like moving around too fast, but also like one of the problems that I ran into was like getting up and down wrong. Um, I don't know if you guys got this information in pregnancy, but I know in like your last trimester, um, I think I talked about it on the podcast, but you're like not supposed to just get up and down straight up. You kind of turn to your side and push yourself up from the side to help yourself get up. You want to do the same thing when you are recovering from a C-section. I, I know, um, I oh my gosh, I remember this vividly. I was like four days out um, after coming home from the hospital and it was nighttime. I want to say it was like four o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting on the couch with Bodhi and I'm trying to hold him and my dog is like jumping up on us and I try and like get up from sitting to standing and I, you don't realize like how much of that motion is your core. Like your core is working really hard to get you up. And I pulled something. Like I felt like a huge thing of pain like shoot through my incision. And I really think I like popped a stitch or something by doing that. And uh, even to this day, like on that side uh, where I felt the shooting pain, like my scar is like a little bit bumpier in that area. So all of that is to say Go really, really easy. Use anything you can to help you get up and down. Don't overdo it. Listen to your body. And that being said, um, I mean, they do say getting a little bit of movement can be helpful. I mean, a 2022 study found that patients who walked more during their post-cesarean hospitalization had fewer complications, but that's that's walking. That's taking it slow. I mean, even walking like from one side of the living room to the other a couple times a day is great. Uh, I know I had um, my mom flew to Nashville to stay with us that like first week after I got home from the hospital. And she kept like pressuring me to go outside and walk around. She's like, just come walk around the block with me. Just you should get around, get some fresh air and walk around. And I just knew instinctively my body. I'm like, no, like I, I just had abdominal surgery. Like leave me alone. So that's what I uh, just to go back to the whole listen to your body thing don't overdo it move around a little bit but like I mean honestly all you need to do like those first few weeks home is to like plop your ass on the couch cue up Netflix and snuggle that baby for two full weeks you know like that is you you gotta heal you gotta heal you had a major um thing happened to you. So that's like my big advice for the early days. Oh, and in those early days to hydrate a lot. I mean, I kept a huge jug of water by me that like Brandon just like would come by and fill up throughout the day. And hydration is huge. I mean, it helps with tissue repair and also aids in constipation, which can unfortunately be kind of prevalent because of the pain meds you're taking. But yeah, oh, and it can also help reduce the risk of blood clots, which is which is huge. So hydrate, 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 rest, ice, compress. That's the name of the game, those first few weeks of recovery. And I mean, other than those few things, like there's really not much you can do until the stitches come out or dissolve, depending on what your doctor used. So at your two-week checkup, 
hopefully you have a two week checkup. Um, ask if you can start putting anything directly on your scar or what they recommend. To be honest, I had a very hard time looking at or even thinking about touching the scar at this point. So when I did finally get the okay for my doctor, um, instead of like using ointment or anything, I just used a silicone patch in those early days. They make like C-section silicone patches that are that go over your scar. And I want to say I wore those silicone patches for a few weeks and then um, eventually moved over to flesh colored patches a little bit later on. Again, I'm going to link both of those in show notes. And just for reference, um, scar patches can be worn long after surgery. I mean, I was definitely using them a lot. I want to say like four or five months post-surgery. And even now, like still, I'll, I have some extras because I, I bought a bunch in bulk and I'll throw them on sometimes um, and wear them for a few days at a time. What's great about the scar patches, uh, especially about like the, the flesh colored ones. It just, you don't have to look at your scar. <laughs> it sounds fucked up. But like for me, that was, it helped me like mentally where I didn't, you know, seeing myself naked and, and not seeing the scar um, helped, helped for a little bit. Okay. So I think that covers ground zero of recovery. And now at your six week appointment, you got to talk to your doctor about physical therapy. So why this isn't required for all C-sections, I don't understand. And if you walk away from one thing from this entire podcast, I want it to be this. You deserve and need physical therapy after your C-section. Most insurances should cover it. I mean, you definitely hit your deductible in surgery. Look into physical therapy. And you don't even actually need, um, you don't even need a referral from your doctor, like, I got a, a, a couple names from my doctor for reference, but she's like, yeah, you don't need a referral. You can just call and they'll they'll set you up. So please, please go and do that. I got so much value out of physical therapy. I mean, think about like any other surgery out there. Like, can you imagine going into shoulder surgery or knee surgery and not going to physical therapy after? Like, it's crazy. Like, you have to like learn how to rebuild your muscles and learn how to move your body in a way that like helps your recovery. I mean, I, they taught me how to like rebuild my muscle strength. We, they taught me how to do scar massage, which we're going to talk about in a second. Cause it's so important. I mean, all the things like it, it should, should really be a requirement. Like that's all I can say. And it's tough. Like I remember where I, when I, where I was when I walked into my first physical therapy appointment versus where I was a month later, like was so different. Like it, it, it benefited me so much. I remember my, that first physical therapy appointment, like they kind of check where your mobility's at. And I was just like in tears for most of that appointment. Like I remember one of the first things they had me do is they're like, okay, she's like, I want you to tighten your core. Like I'm about to punch you in the stomach. And I sat there for like 10 seconds, like just trying to like, you know, engage my core 30 seconds, a full minute went by of me just like trying to engage my core. And there was like no mind body connection happening there. And it like freaked me out. And I just was crying. I was like, I cannot believe, you know, how far, like how far I have to go to feel normal. Like I can't even, I can't even like engage my core at all and then they, there was a couple other things that like really threw me for a loop like doing back bends that was like another thing that like, she's like I want to see how far you can um 
arch your back. And that's another thing is because like you're you've been stitched together tightly. Like I didn't even realize I'm like, I can't bend my back at all. So that first appointment, I I knew I had a long way to go. I was very upset. And in case there's anybody listening right now who's pretty early on in recovery, who's feeling that way, like, holy shit, you, it feels like you have a mountain ahead of you. Um, I can tell you I bounced, I hate the term bounced back, but, but I did, um, get stronger faster than I thought. And a lot of that is from, you know, a lot of the strength exercises and stuff that we did in physical therapy. So the exercises we did were super helpful, but also like one of the big things, um, that helped me in physical therapy is they, they taught me how to do scar massage properly. And honestly, I mean, you don't have to go to physical therapy for this. Like there's a lot of resources out there that will show you how to do it. But the big thing with scar massage, with scar massage is to start off very slow. Like I mentioned, I had a really hard time looking at or touching my scar and like the idea of touching it I was like I cannot do this my physical therapist would work on my scar for about five minutes every session which I liked because I didn't want to be the person to touch it but for some reason I could I could stomach it better when somebody else was was touching my scar if that makes sense so that was helpful that they did that massage for me in physical therapy but eventually they had to they had to show me how to do it at home. So one of the big things to get me started on scar massage and something that might help you is um, if you're having trouble touching your scar is to start off by just desensitizing the area. So you're not even going to work on touching the scar until a little bit later on. Like you're going to start off with some like soft cloths. Like I think first we used a silk cloth. I think I had like a pillowcase at home that I would use for this and then eventually like a cot something cotton like a shirt or something but you would use these items to just slowly go around the area around your scar because like a lot of that skin is very sensitive um and this is going to help with desensitization of that area and eventually you'll be able to move it closer and closer and then on your scar and then you'll eventually be able to get to using your hand and again you're starting off slow barely touching the scar and then finally like I'm a a year out and I'm finally able to like kind of dig in there and um work work through that that scar tissue a little bit more with my hands but it's something if you are recovering from a (laughs) c-section I hate to say it but there's really no way around it you're gonna you're gonna want to and and you should um, learn how to do scar massage it's it's going to help you with recovery it's gonna help the appearance of your scar um, and all of that good stuff and this is another big reason why you want to do start scar massage but you know that pooch that hangs over your scar um, I think people lovingly call it the c-section shelf we got to talk about that for a second because I remember seeing that in the mirror and being like horrified you know like you turn to the side and there's literally like the shelf that hangs over your scar because that tissue's been pulled so tight um, and then there's like a bulge hanging over it the only way I shouldn't say the only way but one of the main ways to get rid of that thing is actually scar massage because that's that tissue is so tight against your skin. That's what's creating kind of that bulge above it. I do have an expert coming on the show. It might actually be the next episode. Yeah, next week. Tune back in. We're going to talk more about the C-section shelf. But um, yes, 
another reason why the scar massage is important. Oh, and if we're going to talk about the this, this scar massage, we got to talk about what you're using to do the massage. Because this is something so weird. I like asked my doctor. I was like, what do you recommend me? Like, are there any ointments, anything that you recommend me using on the scar? And she's like, oh, you know, like whatever you find at Walgreens is fine. Like I'm sure they have like some scar stuff. Like she didn't give me any brands or anything to use which like I was just surprised by like I'm like there should be like some more concrete information that's given to us but anyway I tried a bunch of stuff so that you don't have to one of the first things I used was just straight up vitamin E like you can buy vitamin E gel capsules and I would poke a hole in that and I would just use that to rub over my scar um, it's pretty sticky and, um, you really got to kind of like work to get it into your skin a little bit, but it's helpful. I, when I had, when I had a really bad scar, when I was a little kid, my mom used to do that on my scar. So that's, um, that's something that's been useful for me. And then, um, I also got, which I, you've heard me talk about on this podcast before, but the Nema restorative scar treatment is great. I, now to this day, I want to say I got it around month like three or four. Uh, but even now I'm like a year out. I still use that restorative scar treatment when I'm massaging my scar. It just has a lot of great ingredients in there. And again, I have a discount code. They are a sponsor of the show, which is awesome. I'm going to link it in show notes again, but uh, you guys already know my code is big kid and you get 15% off. But I mean, they are a sponsor of the show because I use them religiously and love them. And I actually reached out to them to be a sponsor on the show just to show you what's behind the curtain, like honestly. So I love that product. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can use, but those are the two that um, stood out for me. One thing that kind of surprised me too during recovery was just like how swollen I was after my C-section. And I don't mean just like right after surgery. I'm talking like months after I worked with a body work specialist oh my god she was amazing but um basically this massage therapist that I work with who was like an expert at prenatal and postnatal work and she's like this is normal that you still have this inflammation um in your body and I just wish that more people knew that going in um like if you're still if your muscles still feel achy if you still feel inflamed it's kind of normal for it to last a while so if you can work with somebody like a great massage therapist or anybody who can especially do any kind of lymphatic drainage for you um, that's great like she would do lymphatic drainage massage work on me and then also cupping if you can find anybody who can give you cupping that is really, really helpful. Again, cupping kind of assists with that lymphatic drainage. So if you have any like static inflammation in your body, they can help kind of work through that um, with you. And it, it feels incredible. So lymphatic drainage, massage, cupping, all really, really helpful for, for inflammation after a cesarean. Also, and this is another one that I want to like wave my hands and scream from the top of the rooftop about is cryotherapy was huge for me. And I, I, I know that that's not accessible to everyone. Like it just, I live, I've lived in like three cities in the last five years and like New York, LA and Nashville, all of them had cryotherapy studios. If you're in like the middle of Nebraska, you might not be able to, to go to a cryotherapy place. Uh, but if you can, they are really, really helpful. 
And if you don't know what cryotherapy is, it's basically you go into these like little tanks, you stand in them and you're exposed to like super, super freezing cold temperatures for a short amount of time. It's like two to three minutes and it's the longest two to three minutes of your life, but they have, it has incredible benefits for you. They're known to help, uh, relieve inflammation and muscle strain and joint pain actually um there's a lot of benefits to cryo if you can't find cryo plunge like a plunge pool situation is kind of going to give you those similar benefits if you can't find a plunge pool you can make a plunge pool by putting some ice bags in your bathtub i know even athletes who have injuries like really rely heavily on plunging and cryo and it's just i think a really good life hack if you can um if you can if you can if you can stomach it or if you have access to it. It was very, very helpful for me. So I think the last thing I want to mention on the physical recovery side is obviously working out. Working out was a bit of a journey for me because I really had to kind of let go of my workout habits from before I got pregnant and learn all new ones. Like it was very important that I I had to like keep reminding myself to go slow and to modify my movements because, you know, you basically have no core strength, (laughs) you know, coming out of surgery, like your core is still like reattaching and like learning how to use those muscles again. So there's a lot of modification that has to happen when you do start working out. And I did a lot of low impact stuff in the beginning. I mean, I'm still, I'm a year out. I really am still doing a lot of like low impact work, um, bar, I'd say bar, Pilates, and yoga have been my big three for the year. And walking, oh my God, just walking is like the best thing you can do. But any classes that, you know, you can go slow, you can modify, and they're not super high intensity are great after a surgery like a C-section. And again, I mean, that's another reason why I loved working with a physical therapist because they could show me like hands-on how to modify because it is so important. But I do have an episode coming up with a specialist to talk more about this because it's so important. Um, You just, you can cause more harm trying to push your body to do certain things if it's not ready. So even a year later, like I, if I'm in a workout class, I usually like to position myself close to a mirror so I can check on my form and I move slower than everybody else in class. And you just kind of got to get out of your head with it and like, do what you got to do and listen to your body um, and make sure that you do things right so that you don't cause any more harm. So working out not only helps you regain strength, which will help you feel a lot better, but it also helps on the mental side of things too, which I think is a good transition into the emotional healing that we got to talk about when it comes to C-sections. So I just did an interview with a birth trauma specialist that I'm going to air later this month, but something she told me that honestly shocked me was that 70-something percent of C-section births report that they suffer some birth trauma symptoms. That's in the 70 percentile. Like, that is very high. And there's a lot to this. Like, we're going to dedicate a full episode to to emotional healing. Um, But there's just a few things I wanted to mention in this episode that I think may help if you need some emotional recovery. 
And honestly, some of you may not even need emotional healing. Like I have had friends who have had amazing C-section experiences, which makes me very, very happy to know that that is possible. So if you fall into that bucket, I mean, feel free to skip the rest of this episode and just focus on the physical recovery side of things. But for the rest of us, you know, keep listening because like I said, it is pretty common to feel this way. So for me, therapy has been very very helpful. Being able to talk about and process what happened like outwardly can can help a lot. And it's kind of crazy how like the emotional and physical healing all kind of ties in together. Um, I remember this first session that I had with this new therapist. I had gotten connected to this woman who specialized in therapy for postpartum. She did like therapy, hypnosis, Reiki, like all these different healing modalities. Um, She's like really amazing. Uh, But my first session with her, we were kind of talking about some of the physical recovery things. Like I kept telling her, you know, how bad my body felt. Like that was something that concerned me early on in my my recovery things just didn't feel right in my body and we talked a little bit about some angry feelings that I think a lot of us who have c-sections can feel like this is kind of a common thing that I've seen in a lot of the research I've done um around c-sections that a lot of us can have this feeling like our body failed us Um, A lot of us can have like resentment towards ourselves. We can feel guilt. We can feel shame. We can feel all kinds of things after a C-section. And like for me, like I would feel, I would feel so bad whenever I had thoughts like that. Like I would feel so horrible, almost guilty. Like I'd be like, why, how can you say or think these things about your body? Like your body had no control over what happened in that room. Like like if anything, like my body's the victim in this situation. Like I feel bad for my body that like this happened. And so to have resentment or like hatred towards your body, like is just so fucked up, you know? So I would, I would, I know I at least wrestled with a lot of these thoughts. Um, and anyway, so this therapist I was working with in our first session, she gave me this door analogy, which um, I'll share with you because it really blew my mind. But she was like, imagine a doorway you're on one side of the doorway and on the other side of the doorway are all these terrible thoughts. You know, all the things that we've been saying, like the the anger, the hatred, the resentment, all of that stuff. And she's like, those feel, those thoughts and feelings are trying to come through the door and you are holding onto that door with all your might trying to not let them in. She's like, you are pushing, you are doing everything you can to keep those thoughts from coming in. She's like, no wonder your body is exhausted. No wonder your muscles feel achy. No wonder you're, you, you feel the way that you feel within your body because you are constantly wrestling your own emotions to not feel your feelings. And that is, at the end of the day, that is something that uh, I think needs to happen in our emotional healing is that we need to make room to feel the feelings and not just the good feelings, but the negative feelings too. And a lot of, we're going to talk about this in upcoming episodes, but like a lot of times when you can just allow yourself to feel all the things that you want to feel about your C-section, because I know I had some, some pretty ugly thoughts come through, but you have to, you have to process them. You have to let them blow through you and then they lose power because if you're just sitting there wrestling them all the time, they don't go anywhere. 
and you just exhaust yourself mentally and physically. So I, I liked that door analogy and I like that piece of advice to just feel your feelings. I mean, a lot of us are going to feel certain ways about our C-sections. And this whole notion about like our bodies failing us um, or any negative thoughts that you have towards your body after a C-section, I think one of the things that's helped me process through that is like showing my body so much love. You know, like all of these things that I did, the cryo, the massages, the cupping, this was all in a pursuit to like treat my body well, you know, and and it doesn't even have to just be those things, but like bubble baths, you know, giving your body some new cute clothes. Like it's an ongoing practice, but like trying to show your body love and trying to speak kindly to yourself. I think go a long way. I try to remind myself what my body just went through in the last year. And I try to thank my body. I try to feel proud of my body. But it is, I mean, it's an ongoing process. Um, but I think that treating your body well can can have an impact on your emotional healing as well. Um, another piece with the emotional healing is to like find community around this you know like there's so many things like uh, my number one person that I go to for everything is my husband and when it comes to this stuff like when it comes to the c-section experience like I couldn't go to him like he had no frame of reference like no way of understanding to any degree what I had just been through so finding community finding friends to talk to like even my other mom friends um were so helpful because I'm talking to them and knowing that I wasn't alone in this experience is huge. And even like within my, my friends who had C-sections, like none of them really took it as hard as I felt like that I did. Like I, for some reason had this like really negative reaction to mine. And, and in that case, if you can't find anybody in your personal life and your personal circle that you feel like can relate to your experience, that's when it's kind of nice to like, you know, have social media to have the internet. Like I know I found like content on Instagram and and TikTok, like in this period of time that helped me a lot. Like I found a lot for some reason, the TikTok algorithm is so on point and like just started showing me stuff about other, you know, other C-section moms, other people who are going through a lot of the similar stuff I was. And it was like very, very healing to know I wasn't alone. And I mean, even like this podcast, I hope that this show can help you in any way. If you're, if you're relating to anything that I'm talking about in this, in this C-section in your C-section recovery, I think that that is great. You know, like look for, look for content, look for community, All of these things will help with your emotional healing too. And that kind of gets me to the last thing I was going to mention when it comes to recovery. And that's the final ingredient that I have, which is time. Time, you know that saying like time heals all wounds. Like there's so much truth to this. Like you just have to be patient with yourself and your progress. Like I mentioned for me, my recovery was a little bit slower than I anticipated. And I think honestly, if and when I have a second baby, if I have to have a C-section again, I really think that I would handle it much better because I just have more realistic expectations the next time around. Like I really thought I was going to be totally fine 
by three months postpartum with a C-section. And that just wasn't the case for me. So I think having, you know, the right expectations, being patient with yourself um, can go a long way. And um, for anybody who's maybe like really new to a C-section, who maybe just had a C-section and wants a little bit of context, this is my timeline really. Like I thought I would be fine by three months. I still felt like pretty bad at three months. Not like not in my incision, but just body wise. Like I felt like very achy. I was kind of mentioning like muscle pains. I I, I basically felt like I was still hit by a, a bus at, at three, three, four months. I feel like five, six months is when I started to feel like I was kind of turning a corner and feeling better. And then by like eight, nine months is when I really started feeling like things were okay. Um, so I just want to put, I want to tell you that not to scare anybody, but to just kind of give you some some realistic timelines um, on when you might start feeling better and like yourself because I don't want you to experience what I went through which is at three and a half months being like what's wrong with me why do I still feel not great because I know it's easy I know it's easy to feel frustrated but I I can tell you now I mean I'm almost a full year after my c-section and I'm amazed at my progress and how much better I feel like I'm I'm really proud of the work that I've done. I, I've worked really hard to recover. I've worked really hard to build back my body, my muscles, and my emotional state. Like I've I've done a lot of work around all of it, and I feel like a completely different person than I did, you know, even nine months ago. So there is a lot of hope. I guess that's kind of what I'm getting to. I I want you I want you to know that you will get there. Like you're not going to feel shitty forever. <laughs> like time really does heal all wounds. Um so just be patient. You will get there. I'm with you. I got you. I I hope that this has been helpful. I hope you guys um, enjoyed this po- episode and and got something from it and um and that you're enjoying this podcast in general. If you are, please make sure to leave a nice little review for the show. It only takes a minute. It means a lot. Um, It helps the show grow. It helps me keep going. I mean, I got a mean one the other day and that shit stung. So (laughs) yeah, if you're so inclined, please leave a nice review. It really is so appreciated. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Big Kid Problems or on my personal at Sarah Merrill underscore Hall. Hit me up. If you have any tips, anything that really helped you with your C-section recovery, please let me know. Um, I will I will share out anything else I get um, for C-section awareness month. You know, how about that? Um, I love hearing from you guys. And that's all from me this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and for bumping along with me as always. Have a great week, guys. I'll see you next week.